Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. If you want to know what the balloons were, we had a party here for Lorette. She's just a, she's about to turn a little older. So we'll, because they're ladies, you don't mention the age. So we'll just uh, keep that under wraps. Uh, I just want to say thank you to those that donated, those that pulled up carpet, those who helped put the, well, don't you think the floors are looking nice? Fantastic, eh? I don't have to look at coffee stains, and uh, but I still would beckon you that if you drop your coffee or spill, please wipe it up. It'll be very nice of you. Um, and uh, our cleaners only come in once a week and on Friday to come and clean the building. So it will be well stained by the time that happens, so we would appreciate you looking after. And if you notice that any of these chair legs, the rubber grommet comes off, Please put them back quickly, because I do not want to walk around with a scratched floor, okay? So I'm going to be, I'm a little anal like that, but uh, I just want to be a good steward of what God has given us, praise the Lord. And, uh, and uh, talking about that, uh, we're having a business meeting on the 25th of February, so we'd encourage you to come to the, it'll be the, the last service where we'll just be showing you, uh, spend about 20, 30 minutes just telling you all that God did with the finances and what God's doing with the finances. We want to be able to be transparent and, 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 and let you know. So we're looking forward to that. Um, our anniversary, 19th anniversary, first weekend of March. So we celebrate 19 years of being here. And um, so February, we always committed to fasting, uh, fasting February. So I want you to kind of prepare your hearts and find out what uh, God's going to ask you to fast. Um, we've heard people are fasting screen time. That would be a good thing. Um, um, this small screen, that big screen, and this very tiny screen. Um, yeah, fast it, you'll find out your life is a lot richer. Amen. So find out what God's, we're going to put a calendar up there, and maybe some of you can commit to certain days so we can cover the calendar and fast and prayer. And, um, and Jesus encouraged us to, to fast and pray because certain things only shift when we put that dedication and that that prayer. We're not manipulating God, we're just dedicating time to pray, and that's what we want to do. So, encourage you on that. Looking forward to having an opportunity to, again, share the Word of God. So, let's just pray. I just want to thank God that our hearts in this, in this room and the sound of, to those that are on live stream, that we posture our heart to hear what He's saying. Father, thank you that we have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. We thank you that um, we yield our ears, our being, our hearts, and we want them to be fertile soil so that we can hear your word. And so, Father, thank you for that, and we bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we had a theme where we want to reach out from a position of strength, and uh, walking with God is a position of strength. And so I started with that last week, talking about walking with God. And yes, the word God is used, and uh, man has made thousands of uh, different gods in their life, and, uh, and, but I'm talking about the God of the Bible. The Bible that we, we advocate as God's word to us. He's the creator of the universe. He is the God, our Father. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's God, the Holy Spirit. That's the God I'm asking and inviting you to walk with closer this year than you've done before. Because um, Daniel says this, Daniel 11:32. it says, Those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. 
So if we want to reach out from a position of strength, knowing God is a great advantage. And uh, I don't want to say that God is not um, who we make him out to be. He's the God of this Bible that he said he is. And so just to make that clear, because um, we have the New Age and all these other religions that happen. To, they call it pick and mix. I have a bit of this here and a bit of that here. And yes, uh, no, no, you don't get to do that because he's God Almighty. And he actually has sort of kind of given us an idea of how to walk with him. And so we need to understand that clearer. Um, and people say, well, you each have your own interpretation of how to walk with God. And everybody has their point of view. Well, and how do we know how to accurately walk with God? Uh, very simple. Uh, Jesus, God, Father God sent Jesus, and then um, three authors decided to write it down as the gospel. And if we go and study, and if you invest 2024 in, in, in the gospels, starting with Barry on Wednesday nights, he's going to be hitting Luke with us. Um, if you understand who Jesus is, you have a clear understanding who God is, because he said, um, imitate me as I imitate my father. And Jesus says, as I am, so is my Father. And so we get a clear understanding of who God the Father is, how he deals with people, how he sees needs, how he multiplies the loaves and the fishes, how he, uh, his presence touches lives by the way Jesus walked. And so we do have a documented account of what God looks like and, and walks and talks. So it's not that hard if we would spend the time to be diligent to look at it. So we're talking about, and God the, of the Bible is inviting us to walk with him. And um, if that can happen, it, uh, it would be amazing. And so I've titled the message today, Which Way? Um, because uh, many ask, which way, which way? And not all roads lead to Rome, even though in those days where Rome, the empire, uh, put roads out everywhere, and that was its reason for its strength, because it had roads. But not all roads lead to Rome, because Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, Today, I, God, have given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. So ask the question, which way? Oh, that you would choose life. Can, I, can, can you hear the cry of the Father back in Deuteronomy saying, can, please, can you choose life? so that you and your descendants may, might live. You understand that God, when he's, when he, when he's communicating, he's not, uh, he don't, uh, doesn't only have you in mind. He has all those that you will affect in mind, all those that you, are, that you will come in contact with in your workplace, in your home life, in your family life, in, in the future. Why? Because he wants his, his, the legacy of who he is to carry on. And so he says, choose life. And so I will ask you the question, have you chosen life? 2024 would be a better year if we chose life, and uh, it's all in our hands. And Proverbs 14 says this, there is a path that uh, before each person that seems right, but the end, the ends is death. We all want to have a good, meaningful life, don't we? A successful life, a significant life, um, a destiny of happiness and reward, that's what we want. Um, and... Uh, and how do we do that? Jesus gives us a clue, and he tells us which way. In John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father. No man can get to walk with God unless he comes through me, because he paid the price. He paid what, uh, it, what, what was needed. And so I've had a life where, um, before I even was saved, I, 
um, was presented with different choices to make. And, uh, and when I was um, obviously in the high school, that's when I, all these, uh, um, these learner smokers would come and so start uh, inviting and say, hey, have a, have a puff, have a try, and everything else. And, um, and I had many of these choices come down. And I don't know if it was God, and I believe it was God in my life way back then, because he kind of knew where I was going to go before I knew where I was going to go, and I think I would have freaked out if I knew where I was going <laughs> to be a pastor of a church in Flagler Beach and in America of all places. Um, but when I, but when I um, looked at smoking and I thought, okay, this is kind of, okay, what, what are we doing here? I said, so if I start this journey here, where does it go? Uh, and at the age of, of 15, um, I could tell you where it went because my dad went that way. At my age of 13, he died of lung cancer. And so I said, okay, if I start here, this is where it goes. I had drugs offered to me, and I thought, okay, if I start here, where does this go to? Alcohol, same thing. Promiscuous life, I had the same choices brought before me, and I said, if I start here, this is where I'm going. And, um, and so I chose not to. Um, you know, even... even in my partner in life, when I, I, I spoke to God about it, I said, God, listen, I, I'm looking at all this, this dating stuff around you. Can, you. can I, you and I make a deal? The one I date is the one I marry. Here she is. I don't know how to date anybody else. I just know her. Um, so so it's, it, you have, it, they, they say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I'd say it's critical how you start. It's critical how you start because you start setting are called ruts in your life. Ruts are graves with the ends kicked out. So you just don't want to get in the rut, okay? Uh, we had a road in Zimbabwe where uh, it was a dirt road, and that said, pick your rut for the next 60 miles. Because <laughs> you got into the rut with your car, there was no getting out of it because you're stuck in it. So don't let the ruts be cut in your life and you stay in it. So, um, so you, there is choices that you're making, and so the psalmist that I'm going to unpack today, um, he says there's two ways. Uh, there's uh, two ways in life, and, it's, it's a, and each way has a destiny. And I want to unpack that and see if God could just, just challenge us and, and stir us. The lovely thing about God's Word, it's kind of like a bright light, like these bright lights are shining on me here. Um, and it and illuminates areas in our life and saying, oops, okay. Um, and so we need to to invite that into our lives. And so there's a way of the righteous and there's the way of the ungodly is what the psalmist is talking about. And so in Psalm, um, Psalm 1 is what I want to unpack to you today, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified just to make, make it uh, sort of illuminate itself in our lives a bit today. So it says here in verse 1, it says, Blessed, fortunate, uh, prosperous, um, and, f- uh, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the, of the wicked, following their advice and their example, nor stand in the path of sinner, sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of, of, of scoffers, ridiculers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and his teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and feed, by the, and feed by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaves does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. The wicked, those who live in disobedience to God, God's law, are not so, but they are like the chaff, the chaff. 
Gotta give it an American twang. <laughs> Worthless and without substance, which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand unpunished in, judge, in the judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the, law, the, Lord's know, the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Just want to unpack some of the stuff there. And scripture goes on and, and makes this comparison about the righteous and the unrighteous. And Daniel 12, 2, it says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awaken, some to everlasting life, and some to, the, to shame and everlasting contempt. There it talks about the choices that we've made while living. We have choices on, that go on to everlasting. Ma- Malachi, or Malachi, if you're um, from Italian, um, <laughs> 318, he says, They... Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the ones who serve God and the ones who do not serve him. And going into Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, 14, it says here, Enter the the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Let me tell you, it's a wrestle, it's a challenge, but it's worth it. So most people plan to pursue a life of happiness, success, and joy. And most or many don't consider God. And they want this whole lovely life, but they do not have the most important ingredients in the whole thing, and that's walking with God. He's not even in the picture. And so um, the result is there's no God, there's no joy, there's no success, and there's no happiness. That, according to Scripture, tells you that. And the psalmist goes on to explain the choices we make have consequences. That's what happened. And so I want to talk to you about the walk of the righteous. The walk of the righteous. Firstly, they avoid the influence of the ungodly. They avoid the influence of the, uh, un- uh, the ungodly. Blessed is the, the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scoffer, the ridiculers. You understand that that, that it's a progress that you can just, you can walk and then you can stop and dwell and standing and then you really dwell by sitting. And in that whole process, you become influenced and affected by that. And so it's important that you understand, like I said in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, a bad company corrupts good character. But if it, you, it goes on, uh, and I've added, good company corrects bad character and bad behavior. So you, you, you're, you're pro, uh, the proximity of who you're with. And it's not saying to us believers, don't hang out with the, with the sinners. No, don't allow their counsel. Don't allow their influence. Like you listen to the, the media all the time. Who's counseling you? And if you're, if, you're, if you're standing in the path of the sinner, what are you doing in the path of the sinner anyway? You know where he walks and she walks up and down that road. Don't find that. That's not your road. The road of the righteous, it's a different road. And you don't, you don't walk in that. And so, um, so another uh, one of the, the, those who walk in the righteous too is that they prioritize God's word in their life. God's word is first place in their life. Um, nothing trumps it. Nobody else's opinion or, or uh, idea or, or, or theory. No, it doesn't trump the word. The word is first place in their life. That's what, one of the th- fruits that you see coming out 
of a one who walks in righteousness and says here, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And that's God's word. The righteous beckon and invite God's word to challenge them, to change them, to direct them. You beckon the word, say, God, show me. Allow the light of your word to come on my life because I don't want to be deceived and think I'm somewhere with God and I'm not because I have this. David said, search my heart, O Lord. See if there'll be any wicked way in me. That's what I want. I want, I beckon. I don't try to avoid the word because he's he's, he's going to point some things out to me. I call them zoom-zoom words. They zoom off the page and they're wacky between the eyes. And you say, my Lord, well, I didn't see that. And I'm, I've been weighed, measured, and I've been found wanting. And so that's what you've got to understand. That the word of God is, is, is priority in, in our lives and beckons us. Um, and so we delight in and we get great pleasure um, um, in, in the word of God. The other thing, the word of God, uh, uh, the way of the righteous is that the the, the, the habits are dictated by the word of God. It says here um, that his law, his precepts and, and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night on the word. It, you understand that when you have to make a decision, I want the word of God to dictate what I'm going to be doing, uh, not my own ways and my own thinking, because it, 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 we're all creatures of habit. Especially as a pastor, I know exactly where you sit. You're kind of a creature of habit. Nesty always sits over there. I cannot track Barry and I cannot track Tom or Joey because they're all over the place. These guys are keeping me confused whether they're at church or not, you know. But I'm just saying you are creatures of habit. We have, we have habits are good and there are habits that are bad. You just That's just what hap- happens with habits. And so when the Word of God shines some light on that, um, but one of my habits is I must spend time with God and I must have some scripture time before I start my day. And I, uh, I say when, when John Covey or my daughter or even Valerie, when they walk out and they don't, don't see me in the bedroom, when I walk into the lounge, they don't even look where I am. They just greet me because they know I'll be sitting in my lazy boy in that corner reading the word of God. And that's where I, I spend, I, I become a, a, a habit and so um, habits are, uh, are dictated by the word of God. And so that's important to, to be the one who walks righteous. You need to get a handle on the word of God because um, if you don't, you can't get that habit in your life. Um, I always say you've got to get a, you know, the hand on the word. Um, and basically, if you just uh, hear the word, like when I quote it, or you may hear it here and there, you literally, it's like trying to hold the scriptures with one little pinky finger. Um, it's easily ripped out of your hand. Uh, but if you take your hearing and your reading, maybe you, uh, the second finger, it, it's a little easier to hold the Word of God. But then you need to study the Word of God, and that gives you three fingers hold on the Word of God. And it's, it's harder to pluck the Word from you. Because um, when the enemy comes, you want to be able to take the authority of the Word and say, it is written. It is written. It's not my opinion. It's written. So you have three fingers holding, but you can get a fourth one. You can memorize God's word. And when you memorize God's word, it's, it, it's, it's something that comes habitually out of you and say, no, it is written. And you can quote the scriptures as Jesus did when the enemy tempted him. If he didn't have the scripture in him, how would he be able to quote it? So you got that. And then there's the, 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 the thumb that really gives, gives it a good grip. You meditate on God's word. You regurgitate it. You bring it back. You, you mull over it. And then you, 
Um, and if you really want a, a good grip of it, the palm you write, apply. And when you apply the word of God, then you've got a full grip of the word of God. It becomes habitually involved in your life. It's just, that's what happens. And I can tell you after 47 of years, how I've been a full diligent student of the word. No, but I understand that this has been the, the pillar and the, 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 the rock on which I stand. So um, it, it dictates your habits, and it's so important that we ponder on them. So there's a fruit that comes out of having this, these, these um, decisions that you make in life as in the ways of the righteous. And it goes on there, and there's one of the things that you see um, that um, the psalmist talks to us uh, as people that are like trees. We're like trees. It gives us that, that um, um, understanding that we're like trees. And the first thing about trees, it's, it, it displays stability. There is a stability that comes from a tree that's firmly planted. Um, and um, I've seen some of these, these trees get pushed around by hurricanes, but they stand strong. Just saying in the corner of our, uh, of our property there, they're clearing a lot, and there's some trees there. They wouldn't budge for nothing. They bought a, big, a, a bigger excavator, uh, and that thing also struggled to get some of those trees. That guy was, those guys were not moving at all, and I want to be that kind of tree. No matter what storms come my way, I want to be rooted and grounded and be firm and stable. But you're not only being stable for yourself, you're being stable for younger believers, for others that are looking into the faith. They can take their, their, their right-hand marking from you because you stand strong. You waver not in the storm and the trials of life. You show the stability. And we'll be like trees firmly planted and, and fed by the streams of water. Planted, rooted, resilient, stable. Um, I got a good, a good lesson from my brother-in-law. Um, he was known as one of the top tobacco farmers in Zimbabwe in the day. And uh, we, would, we, we stayed with them, and that's where we had a cottage when I wasn't at boarding school. And uh, I would watch him as he planted the seed in this nursery and um, planted enough for hundreds of acres. And uh, we'd watch his plants grow. And when they got to about uh, six, seven, eight inches, um, by then he, that whole journey, he pampered them. He kept them in the shade. He had straw on them. He watered them multiple times a day. And eventually, um, when it got to a certain place, he would take the straw away. He took the shade away. He, he watered them less. And, and, and then eventually it got to two days. He only watered them every three days. And these plants were looking in the sun of Africa. They were just looking. I thought, I go to my brother and I said, you've nursed these things in such a way. Now you're killing them. He says, no, this is the most important part of their whole life. He says, because now the, their roots are going down. Now they're looking for any sustenance, any bit of water. They are pushing root. They are establishing their roots. He says, and because I've got to take them out of this nursery, give them a cup of water, in a dry land out there, and they're going to have to survive until the first rains come. And if I don't do this to them here now, they won't survive there. And sometimes we need to get planted and, and, and get the sustenance and get our roots so strong so when you go to the front line, you do not fail. You've got the sustenance to keep strong, keep persistent, keep going. And then you watch God blossom in his fruit and his life through you. So a lesson I saw about sometimes hard, hard times produce good Christians. Hard times produce good Christians. And it's good that we know that. And so the righteous are the ones that choose to have good soil, good water. And, um, and uh, Mark 4 talks about seed landing on, on, the, on the road and in, in the rocks and in the weeds. And 
than on the good soil. And we want to be the people that position ourselves because it's a choice you make to position yourself where there's good teaching, good fellowship, good flow of the Spirit. Why? Because that's where you're going to get planted and become strong for the King of, uh, of Kings. That's why. So I said, the church that's alive is worth a drive. Amen. Amen? So that's when you need to do that. There's other things that um, are fruits. Is that spir- there's a spiritual testimony. A spiritual testimony you see uh, that w- which yields its fruit in season. Talks about that the, the righteous, they, they're, they're like these trees, and they, and, they, and they bear fruit in the season, and their leaf do not wither. God's trees are described as evergreens. So you're walking around miserable, you don't look like an evergreen. You look like a miserable sucker that's been sucking lemons. Who wants to be hanging around you or want what you have? We need to be these flourishing, blossoming fruit trees with green leaves. That's, that's what, that's what the, uh, the psalmist is saying. So we need to, to um, understand that and that it's so important that we're evergreens. Our surroundings don't, det- uh, don't determine um, our condition. I don't care what's around me. I don't care what, what the news media is saying. I don't care what's coming down the pipeline. I know what my God says. I'm rock solid on that, so it doesn't, bo- doesn't bother me. And so when you see a dry tree and no leaves on it, I have to go up there and bend the branches and see if there's any life in this thing because if it just dry and breaks, I know that sucker's dead. It's not going to produce any fruit. So what kind of Christian are we? Oh. I also understand that, and that's sad, that people lose, lose their testimony. I always told my kids, you've got one name. One name. And you name some certain people, you know they've blown it. And, it, and they say, well, they had a blowout. No, they just had a slow leak. It didn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to go and mess up today. No, we, we get away from, from, from the sustenance and from, the, from where we, we, get, we get the fruit from. The other thing that uh, you see the fruit is, is that the life is successful and significant. It says, and whatever he does, it prospers. He comes to maturity. And I've seen the blessings of people that have lived these ri- lives where, where they've a- applied God's principles and, he, and, he, and his values and his, and, and his direction in their lives. We watched it because um, um, Deuteronomy talks about they're blessed and they're going out and they're blessed and they're coming in. You're blessed. You, there's a, a list of blessings that you can read as you walk in step with God. But I, I, I've got to give it justice. I've got to tell you about uh, verses 4 through 6. And it talks about, the psalmist talks about the, uh, the, the way of the ungodly, the walk of the ungodly. It says here, the wicked, those who live in, in a disobedience to the word of God, are not so. Are not so, are not so like we've just explained in the walk of the righteous. Why? One of the things you see is the ungodly cannot stand in turbulent times. Cannot stand in turbulent times. Why? Because they're not standing on the rock. They are knocked to and fro with every wind and wave and doctrine. And you, so you, you haven't been planted in, in that soil. You haven't been uh, drawing on that sustenance. And it goes on and says, but they are like chaff, chaff. Worthless and without substance, which the wind blows away. In the Palestinian area, uh, in the Palestine hills, there there are certain um, areas where they put threshing floors purposely because that's where the wind blows. And so when they are crushing and clearing and getting the wheat grain, they would throw the the chaff and the chaff into the air, and the wind would blow it away. And that's what the ungodly are, are, are listed at as worthless and actually get piled up. And burnt because they have no value, no sustenance, no, no, no fruit in their life. And that's, that's what 
the psalmist is telling us here, and in the turbulence times, they can't stand. But it talks about Jesus uh, being our rock. He says, and, and you, if you plant it on the, ro- uh, on the rock um, of your salvation, in, in Matthew chapter 7, it says that there's wise people and foolish. Wise build their, their house upon the rock, and the uh, foolish build it on the sand. And again, you have a choice. And you say, well, everything's going wrong. Well, what choices have you made? Let's make some right choices. And then you'll see um, that standing. Because uh, uh, the walk of the ungodly is selfish and fruitless and out of step with God. And so we, we need to get, make sure we stay in step. The other thing is the ungodly will not stand in the day of judgment. It says that therefore the wicked will not stand unpunished in judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, As it is appointed to, for men to, to die once, but after this, judgment. I understand, man. Um, if you don't get it right this side, you're in trouble. You don't have a second chance. You've got to say, well, you, while your will's involved, you better choose life. You better choose the, 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 the way of the righteous. Because judgment day, you, you, you're going to be accounted for. So I did it my way. Well, Frank, Frank Sinatra's song won't cut it for you when you're facing, <laughs> when you're facing the, the judgment day. The ungodly will also not stand in the presence of God. And, and no sinner standing will, will be able to stand in the assembly of the righteous, as the psalmist tells us. In Romans 14, 11, it says, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. You understand? Coming ready or not. And I'd rather be the ones that walked righteous than the ones that decided, I'm going to do it my own way. That won't work. And finally, the, the, the fruit of a, an ungodly person um, it, it talks about the way of the ungodly. It will perish, it says here. But the way of the ungodly shall perish, suffer death, complete ruin, destruction. It's not pretty. It's not pleasant. And you say, well, tomorrow I'll make a decision to, to walk righteous. I'm telling you, you don't have the guarantee for tomorrow. You don't have the guarantee. And you need to make the decision now. You need to make the decision today. Because it's, you're choosing to say, no, I, God, I really don't need you in my life. I'm going to go the other way. And it's so important that you make a decision now. And so in closing, I just want to say this. Uh, um, there, were, there were a discussion, a group was put together by a cross-section of religious leaders. And uh, the one facilitating the, the discussion um, uh, was us. Posed, the, posed the, the, this, the question on the backdrop of the psalm. He read the psalm and he says, can I ask you who is the righteous one in the psalm? Because he wrote, read, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he does meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. They bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And as he presented, he says, who would you think from the Bible qualifies to be this righteous man? And so the first guy said, listen, I'm, I would say Abraham, but Abraham didn't cut it either. He lied and said that the Sarah was his, his sister. He messed it up there. And a few other places, he messed it up good and proper, Abraham. The other guy said, oh, I was going to say Moses. 
But Moses, he killed an Egyptian. He also struck the rock when he should have spoken to it. So that, he didn't make the cut. I said, well, David, he's a man after God's own heart. Surely David. But David, he, he was an adulterer and a murderer. He didn't cut it either. So an old Jewish man held up a New Testament. He says, if I believed in this, which he didn't. He says, there's only one that would be the righteous man there. He's Jesus of Nazareth. He's the only one that would qualify. And I want us to realize that as I've talked about the righteous man, and I've talked about the ungodly man, and it's a choice that we walk. I want to just tell you that if we choose to walk the righteous way, fantastic. But I want to tell you, your righteousness doesn't cut it. The Bible talks about our righteousness, our filthy rags. No matter how you try and clean up your act, it ain't going to make the cut. So I need Jesus. Because Jesus, when I say yes to Jesus, he takes his robe of righteousness. And he says, so I will put my righteousness on you. And in that, we can stand in the presence of an almighty God. In that, we can, we can see the fruit of our lives change. I've, I walk not because of anything great. There's no, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner uh, outside of Christ. I, I'm pathetic without Jesus. Uh, with, with Jesus, I get to walk in that place of acceptance and love and destiny and calling. And so I made that choice 47 years ago to walk in that. And it's a journey, as I said. And if you choose to walk in that, you bear the fruit of that, what we've read here. But if you choose not to walk in the robe of righteousness in Christ, then you bear the consequences of what the psalmist said. Turbulent times. You're going to have judgment problems. You're going to have a whole lot of problems when you have to stand before a holy God. Because I tell you what, it is coming ready or not. We have an appointment. All of us have a same appointment, and it's called death. <laughs> and then it's... We face the music for eternity. And so I just want to just say that if you're in that place today and you, you, you've kind of been looking in, pondering, what's this Jesus deal all about? I'm going to tell you that the only way to the Father, the only way we can walk righteous, the only, only good in any of us is because Jesus has come into our lives. His, his robe has, has, has clothed us and he's allowed us to, to walk as a son and a daughter in the house. What a privilege. And that's why we can sing these songs of praise and adoration to a God that absolutely loves us. He absolutely loves us. He says, I want to spend my walk with you, my talking with you, and he wants to have his way with you. And so can I invite you, if you haven't made Jesus that, that place in your life, invited him into your life, you can do it today. And I have his church, if we can all pray together and, in, and help those that are going to invite Christ into their life, so we can all walk 2024 so much closer to God. Let's do that. And if that's you, and even on the sound of my voice, I just want you to pray out loud. Pray, well, pray with us. We're going to pray out loud. And just invite Jesus into your life. Allow his robe of righteousness to come into your life so you can walk out this wonderful fruit and this wonderful life that God has laid out for you. If you do that, would you bow your heads and... and church, would you pray out loud, encouraging those that want to pray. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. 
and that you died on that cross for me. You paid for my sins. Today, I invite you into my life. Today, I give my life to you. I receive your robe of righteousness. And today, I, I choose to walk righteous in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I tell you what, the angels are parting in heaven if you prayed that prayer for the first time. And if you felt that you've kind of meandered off the beaten track, we serve a God of a first chance, second chance, third chance, fourth chance. I think I'm on a millionth chances already. Come back. And as we just bow our heads now, I just want Holy Spirit to have a moment with you. Before you start getting busy with life, let's just be able to just, just allow God some time here. We just ask him, where am I? Ask him, what are you saying to me today from the scripture, from this word? So, Father, we're your people. You're the shepherd and we hear your voice. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Are there areas that are gray that need to be defined? Are they ungodly? Are they righteous? us by your power, lead us by your spirit, allow us to be the vessels through which your divine favor flows. In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name. Well, now don't forget what the Holy Spirit said to you. Write it down. Put it on your yellow little notepad here. Email it to yourself. Do something. But don't let the enemy rob the word from you, okay? Don't let him rob the word. Let me pray for you. And I want you to go out there and be green trees, okay? Stable, not tossed to and fro. Your words that you speak are spirit in their life. And you will speak blessing and help people and be the vessel that God will use to help people. Would you be that? Would you be those missionary people out there this week? Father, thank you. We commit ourselves to walk in you, talk through you. Allow your, your, your life to pass through us into a, a needy and dying world, Lord. And Father, as we continue to fellowship as believers here in this room before we leave, allow us to hear your voice. Let us pray and minister, speak life to one another in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.